Amen. Didn't Lord do a great job? And Jacob up there as well. Let's not forget Jacob. Amen, amen, amen. Good morning, everyone. Good to be in God's house. Amen. Amen. It's great to have everybody. Welcome to our guests, all of our guests today. Uh, God bless you. Um, and uh, we want to, um, we want to, uh, I just want to just kind of re, uh, recap a couple things that were, um, uh, uh, that were, and you noticed in your bulletin, you have three, uh, everyone has three little flyers. These are flyers, uh, English in the front, Spanish on the back. These are for a fall festival, okay? So uh, these are for you to give out, give out, okay? We have fall festival Monday, uh, October 31st, coming up fast. We got the games. We got the candy. We got the prizes. And now we need the kids, <laughs> okay? So, so, and there's also a big stack, right, Cynthia? We got a big stack on the table back there. If you need, don't we have a stack, a stack of these on the table back there? Yes, uh, in the lobby. So if you need more, hopefully you, you'll say, hopefully you can use some more to pass out. If you have, uh, you know, fa uh, families with kids, if you have families with your kids, your grandkids, to invite, okay? Uh, we just, and we're, everyone that comes is going to get a gospel track along with their bag of candy, a gospel of Jesus, okay? So um, just if you, can, um, if you can get these out and help out, and that would be so great. Amen? All right, so doing that. And then also, as we've already mentioned, just recapping on it so we don't miss it. Next Saturday, just one more time, at 9 o'clock, we're going to be setting up for the event. And also the women are going to be baking the cakes, okay, 9 o'clock next Saturday. All right. Now, uh, we have a couple prayer needs we need to pray for. Uh, we're going to pray for Jody. Let's remember uh, uh, also Bruce. Uh, I think he got out of rehab. He's back home. Let's pray for his healing. Frank's continue healing. Okay? So let's bow our heads together. Father God, we pray right now for Jody, uh, who's not with us this morning. We just pray your healing hand upon Jody, Lord. Uh, just minister to her by your Holy Spirit and give her strength and, and healing in her, uh, in her body. Minister. Also, Lord, for Bruce, Lord, as he's uh, continuing to um, uh, rehabilitate uh, from his surgery, uh, just him and Frank both, Lord, please, Lord, just give him your healing touch, Lord, and, and um, just be with them and, and uh, give him your peace and your strength. And thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're continuing our series in uh, the Calvary's Core Values, okay? And just to recap, we've talked about uh, this, so this value number four today. We've talked about the value of prayer. We've talked about the value of worship. We've talked about the value of fellowship. And today, number four, is the value of evangelism. Evangelism. So it's in the back of your bulletin. Um, the the uh, uh, or, or, uh, the outline and the paragraph. And what I'd like to do, what I'd like to do, by the way, it's also in the back of your uh, uh, values card. And if anyone needs uh, another values card as you go out today, they're on the table. You can just pick them up. They're on the table out in the lobby right there, okay? And uh, this was a value card that was developed by when Don McIntyre was pastor. Anybody remember here at that time? 
Yes, yes, yes. Back in 2008. And um, several people here were on that committee. Uh, Mike McGuffey came up from uh, the state office and uh, Tom Ballou as well and helped the church as we all put this together, as Calvary put this together. So um, let me read the paragraph as you follow. And then I want to have us all read together out loud the, the sentence right above it that's underlined, okay? And it says this. It says, evangelism includes reaching people with the good news of salvation, baptizing those who believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, and teaching them to live in obedience to him. We expect church members to share their faith in Jesus with family, friends, and fellow workers. Every member should invite lost people to worship into group Bible study. Okay, now if you'll read with me about the sentence right above that. Okay, out loud. Ready? Here we go. We value the responsibility to share God's word with all people, which is our ultimate purpose. Amen. Amen. Evangelism. Evangelism. What does the word evangelism mean? Well, I want to do a little word search with you. Anybody done word search before? Eli, you ever do word search at school? <laughs> my, my, my wife's a third grade teacher, and the kids love it when she passes, when they pa when she passes out word search. It's like a, a page with a lot of scrambled letters on it, and you've got to find the words. There's certain words that are in there. you just got to find them, right? So I've got a word search question for you. If you look at the word evangelism, Looking on the back of your bulletin there. Look at the word evangel. Can you see the word angel? Yes, 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 yes. Well, you know, in the original Greek, in the Greek, the word angel means messenger. And the word, in the first part of the word evangel, E-V, the E-V part means well or good. So evangelism, evangelism is to be a messenger of what is good, of the good news. How many know the message of Jesus is good news? Amen. 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 That's what evangelism is. It's, it's, it's proclaiming or bringing the good news, the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. So that is, that is what we are looking at this morning. Now, no, many of you know, most of you know, probably all of you know, there's a midterm election in our country coming up very soon. And in that midterm election, there's a lot of, the candidates right now are debating the issues. One of the main hot top, topics is the issue of abortion. You might be aware of that. Abortion became legal in the United States, 1973, in the Supreme Court case Roe versus Wade. Now, Roe, uh, the, the woman who took the pseudonym or the fake name Jane Roe, is, her name is Norma McCorvey. So R Norma McCorvey is Roe. Norma tells the story of how someone shared with her the good news of Jesus Christ years after the case, the Supreme Court case. And it totally turned her life around. It totally changed her. She was a marketing agent, director at an abortion clinic. She was befriended by Christians who opened up a pro-life clinic right next door. 
called Rescue, Operation Rescue. And she says this. Norma says, never, the Christians never shoved anything down my throat. They simply passed along a cup of refreshing spiritual water, confident that I was thirsty and that I would take a drink whenever I was in the mood or could receive it, which I occasionally did. She said the war that was going on out in front of the clinic, our clinic wasn't a war of hatred. It was a war of love. A war of love. She said, and that love, the love of a young seven-year-old girl by the, name, by the name of Emily Macri finally convinced Norma to go to church. The child's mother was Rhonda. Her name was Rhonda. She worked at the Operation Rescue Clinic next door. So she would often play outside, outside the office. So Norma, got, and the little baby, the little girl was so friendly, such a friendly little seven-year-old girl. Norma befriended her. They'd spent time together. Uh, they spent time together, and Norma said, in truth, though at the time I didn't know it, I was being won by love. She said, I can handle the hatred <clears throat> when people yelled at me, called me a murderer, a wicked witch, and things that couldn't be printed. That didn't affect me. I could handle that, but the love, the love in Rhonda's face, that's Emily's mother, and the love pouring out of Emily's voice, well, that love just about ripped me apart. Emily Macri would hug Norma often, and she would say, I love you, Miss Norma. And Norma, uh, Norma finally, finally heard the truth of Christ's love for her. And she received Jesus Christ. And she received the Lord Jesus Christ. And then became a promoter, a major promoter of pro-life. Uh, she, she received the love of Jesus through his, the love of his followers trying to lead her to the Lord. This was in 1994. So it was about 20 years after the Supreme Court decision. McCormick, uh, Norman, uh, Norma McCorby accepted Jesus as Lord, you know, and the Christians like Rhonda and the others uh, value their responsibility, which is what we're going to talk about this morning, value their responsibility to share their faith in Jesus. That's a responsibility we all have. It's a responsibility that we should all value. And so then it is this. We value the responsibility to share our faith. The responsibility of evangelism, of sharing our faith with others. The desire to tell others is something that every Christian should have. A true, if you're truly a Christian, you should have, that should be a desire in your heart. That's one of the evidences that you're saved. You have a desire to let others know too. You want to get out the word. But, but, statistics tell us that is a, that is a rare occasion. That one person leading another person to Jesus Christ. Statistics tell us on average in the United States, it takes 86 Christians one full year to lead one person to Jesus Christ. Tom Rainer, Tom Rainer who studies uh, uh, what's going on in the church world. 
gives these heartbreaking, gives this heartbreaking conclusion. He's also, I think he still is the president of Lifeway, our Southern Baptist uh, Lifeway Publications House. And he says this. He says, the numerical evidence seems clear. The American church is dying. We are not reproducing Christians. American church growth is typically transfer of members from one congregation to another rather than conversion of the lost. You say, Larry, that's pretty depressing. Well, I'm not, I don't want to depress you. I don't want, I'm not here to depress you. I want to give you hope. I want to give a message of inspiration. And I will be planning, we will be, be planning on having evangelism training here at Calvary Baptist Church, learning how to share our faith. So you're going to be expecting that. But I want to lay the groundwork first. And I, I want this message this morning to lay the groundwork for that. For that. So in doing that, I want to ask three questions. I want to address three questions this morning about our responsibility to share our faith in Jesus Christ. And the first question is this. And it's in your outline on the back of your bulletin. And that is this. Why? Why should we share our Faith. What motivates us to want to share? You know, the desire to tell others, as I said, about the truth of Jesus Christ. That should be, should be inborn once you receive Christ. That re the responsibility to share, the responsibility to be a witness of Jesus Christ. You know, when Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, his disciples watched him as he spoke from the Mount of Olives. And the very last words he spoke upon this earth before ascending into heaven was this. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Some of you know it. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. In Jerusalem, in Judea, in Sumeria, and to the ends of the earth. My witnesses. What is a witness? A witness is someone who knows some, uh, has a firsthand experience and wants to tell about it and tells about it. You tell what you know. Uh, a witness is somebody who tells what you know about your firsthand experience. We do this all the time. You go watch a movie. You go, uh, you read a book. You go someplace. You enjoy. It excites you. It has an impact upon you. You want to talk about it. Amen? You want to tell somebody. You want to tell. Same thing. What, witnessing for Jesus Christ is telling others the firsthand experience you have in your relationship with God and knowing how you found that relationship so you can share it with others. Witnessing for Jesus Christ. Ta telling someone else so that they can experience it too. Being a witness. Telling others, getting out the good news. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a time when the nation of Israel was at war with the Arameans. This is in 2 Kings chapter 7. They were at war, and we'll look at that in just a moment, with the Arameans. And they were, uh, the Arameans were besieging the city, the capital city of Samaria. And uh, there were four lepers. There were four lepers that lived outside the city. And uh, they were in very bad straits because 
you know, they, they, they thought for certain they were going to die if they stayed where they were. So let me read to you what it says here. Second, uh, Second Kings chapter 7, verse 4. It says this. They came up with a plan. It says this. It says, if we stay, talking about the lepers here, we'll go into the city, the famine is there, and we're going to die. But if we stay here, we'll die. So this was their plan. Let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, we die. I mean, you know, that's about the only chance they had. So they went. They went over to the camp of the Arameans and, uh, to surrender. And as they got to this camp, they were astonished by what they saw. Some of you know the story. There was no one there. It was a ghost town. God had caused the Arameans to flee just the night before. And not only did they flee, but they left everything in the camp. The food, the clothes. There was gold and silver and riches. I mean, this was paradise. You know, the, the, the lepers who expected certain death landed in paradise. <laughs> so they eat it up. They eat to their full. They drink to their full. They take the riches and they hide the riches. And, but, but then they start to think. But then they start to think. The, the other, their, their, their Israelite fellow Israelites back in Samaria are starving. And they say, wait a minute, wait a minute. This isn't right. This isn't right. So they say this, verse 9, 2, 2 Kings verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 9. They say, what we're doing isn't right. This is a day of good news. And, we keep, and we're keeping it to ourselves? If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go and, at once and report this to the royal palace. Yeah, they found some good news. I mean, great news. When you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you have great news. Amen? You have a treasure. Just like these, just like these leopards, just like these leopards had a treasure. They had a treasure. They had a treasure that they had to share. Amen, amen. The most important news of all. We have the most important news of all. The most important good news of all. To share. The good news to share. Being a witness of Jesus Christ is an essential part of being his follower. You know, Jesus, when he walked upon uh, around Galilee, Mark chapter 1, when he walked around the lake of Galilee, before he called his disciples, he saw, he saw Simon Peter, his brother Andrew, casting out their net on the lake. Because they were fishermen, that's what they did. And Jesus called out to them both at the same time, follow me, and I will make you what? Fish, there you go, fishers of men. I will make you fishers of men. You know, following Jesus, uh, fish. Uh, it means that we are fishers of men. Somebody once said it this way. If you're not fishing, you're not following. Huh? Yeah. Following Jesus Christ. But, but, in order to be, uh, uh, to, to, to catch the fish, before you can catch the fish, you have to prepare for the catch. I, was, I called uh, Danny Callahan this week, Wednesday. And uh, him and Joe Ramirez were going to go out fishing the next day, 4 o'clock in the morning, that's pretty serious fishing, huh? <laughs> yeah. And so Danny was, uh, 
uh, uh, getting his, uh, the hooks ready and the fishing line ready, doing the work of preparation, okay? If you're going to catch, if you're going to catch a fish, you got to prepare for the catch, all right? So we as Christians are to be fishermen. We've got to prepare for the catch. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the hope that is within you and always do it with gentleness and respect. Be prepared. Be prepared as a fisherman for the Lord. We're fishing for the souls of men. It's Jesus' commandment. Be prepared. It's Jesus' commission. Be prepared. Get ready. Get your witness ready. But always do it in the spirit of gentleness and with respect. Gentleness and respect. Why should we share our faith? It's a desire every Christian should have. It's the good news that we have of salvation in Jesus. And it's a commandment. It's a commission to be fishers of men. We value the responsibility, our responsibility, to share our faith. Number two, the second question I want to ask is this. To whom, to whom should we share our faith? Second sentence in our, it's in your bulletin, second sentence in our paragraph, our values paragraph says this. It says, we expect church members to share their faith in Jesus with family, friends, and fellow workers. All right? Uh, in other words, we expect church members to get out of what's called the holy huddle. What's a holy huddle? A holy huddle is when Christians just huddle together. You know, we got to get out from just huddling with other Christians. We got to get out from just hanging around with other Christians. We got to get out into the world. To be the salt, to be the light that Jesus, oh wow, I'm really, <laughs> Jesus <laughs> called us to be. <laughs> hanging around and hanging on, i got to get this hanging on my ear here. <laughs> be the salt, be the light that Jesus calls us to be. Jesus prayed to the Father, John chapter 17, verse 17. He prayed to his Father and he said this. About the followers, his followers, he says, as you've sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. You know, I, I, I love the title of the book by Rebecca Pippert, Evangelism, a book on evangelism. The title of that book is called Out of the Salt Shaker. Okay? That's what you and I got to do. We got to get out of the salt shaker and into the world. We've got to be the witness to the world. We're in the world, you know it, but not what? Not of the world. In the world, but not of the world. Shine the light. Be the witness for Jesus Christ. That's what the Operation Rescue people were doing when they set up shop right next to the abortion clinic. They were getting out into the world, befriending non-believers to bring them to Jesus. Norma McCorvey said she was being won by love. She finally heard the truth of Christ's love. 
and his love for her and became a follower in 1995, a year after she got saved. She was baptized in a backyard pool to show her faith, to profess her faith in Jesus. Going out into the world. You see, here's the thing. To whom should we share our faith? Those in the world who need to know the truth of Christ's love. What do we, how do we do that? We've got to build bridges. We've got to build bridges. Bridges of friendship with non-believers. See, because here it is. That is the bridge on which you carry across the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see it? We've got to build bridges. Bridges of friendship. When you do that, you know, when you do that, there, there's going to be seasons in people's lives. There's going to be seasons in the lives of non-believers. Seasons where they'll be more uh, receptive to hearing God's word. The, where they'll be more receptive to hearing the good news. Where they'll be more receptive to hearing there's a God in heaven who loves them and sent his, sent his son to save them. There's going to be seasons. It might be a season of pain in a person's life. It might be a season of change in a person's life. But if you're there, if you're there when the, those seasons are happening, God can open the door for you to share, to share his love, to share the message of his love. You can share what God has done for you. You can share how God has answered your prayers. You can share how God has spoken to you through his word. You can share how God has given you his peace, and he can give it to them too. He can give it to them too. Sharing the message, sharing your faith, building those bridges and creating bonds, listen now, bonds of union to help others believe in your Savior. These can be bonds of union with friends. These can be bonds of union with family. Old Testament, Book of Ruth. There's a woman by the name of Naomi. She lived in Bethlehem with her husband and her two sons. In, in Bethlehem, uh, the crops were poor for many years. The food was scarce. So they decided one day just to pack up and leave. So they moved to the land of Moab. And uh, it was in the land of Moab that her husband died. Naomi's husband died. She had two sons that married in the land of Moab, but they died too. So then she was living there. She had her two daughters-in-law and herself. And she lived there for several years, and then she heard that the land, the land in Bethlehem was being prosperous again. God was giving them great harvest, plenty of bread. She decided to go back. The daughters-in-law wanted to go with her. She said, no, go back to your mother's house, your mother's houses. But there's one of the daughters-in-law, Ruth, she had such a bond of union with, with, with Naomi. The Bible says she just clung to her. Ruth chapter 1, verse 14, she clung to her. I'm going to look at Ruth chapter 1 in just a moment here. If you want to look at it too, that'd be great. That'd be fine. And, and, and here's what she said. She said, it, it was her bond with Naomi that caused her to believe in Naomi's God. She says it this way, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. She says, uh, Ruth says to Naomi, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. 
Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Listen now, your God, my God. You see, there was a bond of union. And, 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 and Naomi allowed Ruth to go along with her. Ruth was a non-believer. But it was her bond of union with Naomi that caused her to believe in Naomi's God. Your God shall be my God. They had that bond of union that helped her to come along and believe in Naomi's God. Now, Naomi allowed her to come. By the way, Ruth, Jesus is of the family line of Ruth. Jesus, Jesus was born of the family of Ruth. Wasn't that interesting? She was in Moabite to begin with. But building this friendship, creating those bonds with the non-believers to, to, to bring them to your Savior. We value the responsibility, the responsibility to share our faith. And then question number three, how? How should we share? How should we share our faith? How should we share our faith? What, what ways should we use to share our faith? There's a book by Billy Graham called The Evangelist. And in this book, the author quotes Billy Graham talking about the need to pray for the lost. And he says this, and I'm going to quote. Billy Graham says this. He says, I've listened to discussions of religious leaders on how to communicate the gospel. Not once did I hear them mention prayer. And yet I know scores of churches that win many converts each year by prayer alone. If there is a person in our acquaintance that needs Christ in his life, then we need to start praying. Praying for him. Prayer is where we start. Why is the prayer so important? Why is prayer so important? It's important because the only way anyone ever came to Jesus Christ is through the Holy Spirit. Through the work of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does the convicting. The Holy Spirit does the convincing. The Holy Spirit does the converting. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. No one ever came to Jesus Christ apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. It says, no one can say Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, obviously, anyone can say the words, Jesus Christ is Lord. But no one can say it as a truth for themselves. No one can claim Jesus as their Lord. No one can submit to Jesus as Lord apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to pray. That's why we need to pray. We need to pray for those that we seek to be saved. Pray that God will convict them of their need for forgiveness. Pray that God will give them a thirst to know him. Pray that they will hear the gospel message. Pray. And you might be, here's the thing. You might be planting seeds. 
You might be just planting seeds of the gospel, and that's great, and that's what the Bible tells us to do. One plants, one waters, God gives the increase. Planting seeds of the gospel. You know, what are some ways you can plant the seeds of the gospel? Well, one is this. You can use a, you can use a Bible track. You can use a Bible track. We've got, uh, by the way, we've got, incidentally, tracks out there on the table you can take. This one's called God's Four Steps to Salvation. Several of them on our, in the lobby table. You can share a track with somebody. Uh, you, can, uh, you can share with someone uh, a, a, a Christian song or a Christian book. Or you can tell somebody you're praying for them. Those are all different ways of planting the seeds. And there are many other ways as well. Planting the seeds of the gospel. Of the gospel. Planting the seeds of the gospel. And of course you can invite. What does it say? Let's look again at our paragraph, our last sentence in our values paragraph. It says this. It says invite. It says every member should invite lost people to worship and group Bible study. Inviting them, not only inviting the church, but you can invite them to special events. We were having that fall festival, all right? I mean, that's just kind of an entry-level event, but it's, it's something, something to get them close to church, at least on the church property, getting to know us a little bit. If the end of the Lord leads you, you can share the gospel message. You might memorize it, or you could simply read it. You could read it off of a track. You could read it off of a bulletin. As a matter of fact, I want to thank Cynthia. We have typed inside. If you look inside your bulletin this morning, it says the ABCs of salvation. Okay? I'll just give you a brief outline. It says A. A is for admit. Admit that you're a sinner. You need salvation. B is for believe. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. He died for your sins and rose again. And C, confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life. Confess him. Call out to him. Oh, call upon the name of the Lord. Shall be saved. Shall be saved. Sharing your faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ is as simple as A, B, C. All right? All right? We value the, our responsibility to share our faith. And it's most effectively shared, says Jeff Org, the president of Gateway Seminary, one by one. Uh, a believer telling a family member, uh, telling a fellow worker, telling a, uh, a neighbor about Jesus. Why should we share? We have the greatest news of all. Those four leopards found a treasure. They knew they had to share. You and I have a treasure, amen? A treasure of God's news for man. We are to be fishers of man and prepare to prepare to fish. And then to whom shall we share? To those in the world who need to hear the truth of Jesus, build those bridges of friendship, create those bonds of union, just like Ruth and Naomi, so that you, to help them, to help them to believe in your Savior. Ruth believed in Naomi's God. And then third, why should... Uh, third, how should we share our faith? Always start with prayer. Prayer. Number one is prayer. Pray that God sends his Holy Spirit to work in the hearts of the lost, your lost friends and your lost family members. Plant the seeds of the gospel. Share the gospel. 
ABC. Admit, believe, confess. Norman McCorvey was saved when she was drawn by the love of Jesus. She said she was won by love. She, uh, those who shared with her, including that seven-year-old little girl, Emily, uh, showed above everything else, showed the love of Jesus Christ. The Bible says we love him because he first, what? Loved us. It's his love that draws us. It's his love we want to share. Amen? Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the privilege you know, being your ambassadors, messengers, angels, and messengers for Jesus. Lord, help us all, Lord, to, to really be thinking about how we can, you know, build those friendships with non-believers, how we can plant those seeds with the gospel, and how we can pray, and how we can share. Lord, just lead us. You, you want us to go out into the world. Jesus, you said, and be fishers of men. Help us to be that, just that. Lead us in the work of evangelism to build your kingdom for your glory. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray.